The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, well, all you need to do is go to our website at www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is Brazilian board Kalieni, and uh, she is a spiritually inspired visionary and passionate midwife to the rebirth of the sacred feminine on the planet. From a very young age, she was deeply attracted to the more mystic aspect of existence and was deeply curious about the nature of God and the architecture of spirit. Joining me now is Kalieni, and Kalieni, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's a great pleasure. Uh, so... How tell us a little bit more about this 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 trip, this voyage, this crusade that you are on? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, I um, I have musically speaking, this is a very new um, uh, place for me, and um, I like to. Um, talk about it in a sense of more of a journey that started long time ago in my childhood in this opening uh, ever increasing um, desire to understand the different dimensionalities of our existence and then at at you know at us I was I was brought up as a as a Catholic uh, in a Catholic family but um, not um, really um, churchgoers. They were just um, basically, you know, um, uh, Catholic by um, inheritance in a sense. And 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 my mom fell out of lot of a love with the church. Um, and but she taught us to pray. So I prayed all my life, mm-hmm. and I was very connected to the tradition uh, of the Christian tradition until um, later on in my life. In my 30s, um, I am actually coming into this universe very late with the music. And um, in my early 30s, I had this awakening to a whole different aspect of divinity that came to me very spontaneously uh, through uh, a process of prayer again. My life was like falling apart. And uh, I asked Spirit to guide me into finding the truth and 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 reassembling my life and everything it was like a, a volcano exploded and a, a hurricane passed by all the pieces got scattered and then I put it all back together and a whole new life began for me a very creative life and I felt completely attuned with my soul uh, in the in the strongest way mm-hmm. that, that I had ever felt before so, so tell us about your music. How do you define yourself as an artist? Well, I think that's a great question because uh, I don't feel like I am um, a typical artist because mm-hmm. of how late it started, how I, I didn't have any training. I'm not musically trained. That's why I, I like to call myself a cosmic vocalist, you know. So, And defining myself which by nature I'm dynamic, every human being is dynamic, you know, um, so I'm always evolving. But um, uh, 
you know, uh, I wear many creative hats. And I think as an artist, uh, I think one way to define myself is in the simplest ways, I'm a singles artist. I don't feel attached to any expectations of the existing musical world before, after, or now. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I produce things and I, I, I like to create musical pieces that are accompanied by imagery. So I, I have an intention, at least, to have every release I do be accompanied by a video as well. And I love talking about the mythic nature of our reality, the aspects, the archetypal um, archetypal imagery uh, inspiring us, you know, to, to tell new stories, to integrate old stories, to... Uh, to bring those uh, things back and to be connected with something greater than us, you know. Um, so I guess I am not typical in the sense that I don't sing for the pleasure of singing, but for the message in the music. So where do you get these messages from? Um, that's a very good question. This message, I would like to say, is is uh, I'm, I'm sort of like... A, it's a connected a connection between my soul and my heart, mm-hmm. and and there's an openness to something that I'm saying. I'm calling it a bigger a bigger thing. I don't know what your belief system is, but I would say coming from spirit, right? I'm just channeling something that is being um, brought down to me because of my sense of connection to mm-hmm. it. It's not just because. Oh, I just, you know, woke up one morning and it was there. I think it is a cultivation that happens, you know, through many years of my life. And it wanted to get that voice uh, out uh, through this medium, you know. But I was already connected to media before. Um, My path is very much connected to creating conscious media. I have a conscious media company called Stargate Alliance. Mm -hmm. And I've co-created different... um, projects um, with different people and it's all surrounding um, uh, gaining new perspective of reality uh, looking at things in a different way and learning you know uh, new things bringing concepts of reality that were not there before to the surface it could be psychological could be health could be uh, spiritual, um, any, I'm open to those explorations with my media company. Now, prior to getting involved with the musical aspect of getting a message out there, were you a psychic? Were you a medium? Did you have any experience in the world of spirituality? Yes, I did. I wouldn't say I was a medium or I was working in that sense, uh, with spirituality as a means for living or anything. I was Mm -hmm. a psychologist, uh, I have a, a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in spiritual psychology. And, uh, but as a child, I was always, like I said, deeply inquisitive about spirit. And I was born in Brazil. And um, I was exposed to uh, a lot of mediumship and trans channeling uh, through my life, through uh, my uh, soul group that I was born in. And, uh, and I, I saw things at a very early age that I could not explain, and then I experienced some of it. And then I started searching. And my teens, my early teens, mid-teens, and even late teens, I was not a normal teenager in the sense that I wasn't really into stuff that teenagers were into. I, I had, I was, ex- I was into my books. Mm-hmm. I read a lot, um, and I started investigating different uh, sects of spirituality. So. I got very uh, deep into uh, Kardashism, which is Alain Kardec's uh, writings. He was a doctor in France, and it's uh, a chain of philosophy of life after death. There are some writers here that are very close to what he, he achieved. And it's similar to like... Um, um, yeah, there were... Th- anyway, so that was one vein... 
and then I, I, I continued to search and I, I studied Kabbalah and numerology. Uh, I, I used to do uh, tarot readings when I was 15, 16, I, because it's very mythic. Mm-hmm. And again, it is connecting to symbols. And I think I had this mystic vein in me, you know, and I, I allowed those symbols to speak to me. I used to uh, be into everything, even, um, you know, the Rosicrucians. I, I had a journey with them. I was doing yoga when I was 15. And at, at 13, I stumbled upon a collection of uh, Khalil Gibran's writings. And I read the entire collection between 13 and 14. And I fell in love with that mystic writer. And so, as you can see, it was it was there all the time. And uh and it just evolved, evolved, evolved. And then uh, when it got to my uh, early 20s, I feel like I had some soul contracts and uh, my life took a complete different shift. And I ended up in the United States. I got married and I had children. Wow. And then um, when the, the marriage dissolved, I had this vision of the divine feminine that I speak of. Uh, uh, through this process of uh, puja, I was praying for 40 days and nights. Like I was, I would wake up in the morning and I would do this three page long prayer before I put my foot on the ground. And then before I went to sleep, I would do the same thing before I close my eyes. I would. Kalyani, re- we have to take a break. Please stand by. Exclamation. Kalyani is our special guest this hour. www.kalyani.com. That's K A L I Y A N I. Com. And Kalyani and I return on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Exonation uh, Kellyanne is our special guest this hour. Her website is kellyanne.com. And Kellyanne, tell us a bit about Tears for Inanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tears for Inanna uh, is to me, um, it's a musical journey through an archetypal, uh, a mythic mm-hmm. goddess, some say historical uh, being that existed at the conception or right. civilization, you know, in Sumerian times. What was your inspiration for writing that song? Like I said, I was really deeply touched on this uh, process of uh, mm-hmm. discovering um, the Enuma Elish tablets um, that talk about the creationary myth of Sumeria and the Mu's invocation in Inanna, Tears for Inanna, both of these tracks came from this inspiration that um, a whole new idea about reality, that the God, that the world was created by a goddess. <laughs> you know, instead of an archetypal masculine, we have an archetypal feminine embodiment of divinity. And then Inanna is like an offspring, like a grandchild of that goddess, you know. So it was a beautiful thing. It touched me really deeply, and I just allowed it to come through. But the words were something that I could not place in it. So I feel like the emotional content and complexity of what I was feeling could not be expressed in words. And that's also what kind of makes me a little bit of a different different artist. So it's only these pure vocal tones, you know, and... um, and the Sumerian, I actually studied a little Sumerian. I created a poem. And uh, Tears for Inanna, the beginning and the end, you see that I'm reciting a poem in Sumerian. Nobody really knows how it's spoken. It was never heard before. I did I did my own version of it. <laughs> so why do you think in the 20th century people would be interested in the ancient Sumerian and, and what happened so many years ago? And how does it reflect on today's world? Well, that's an excellent question because um, it's so in tune to what's... Inanna was a sovereign uh, goddess. She was the most venerated goddess all the way through Babylonian times. Mm -hmm. And she changed names. And she was apparently um, a a sovereign woman in every sense, unbound by any concept of what a woman should be or do. And she went from being the goddess of love to a war, a war goddess. And she civilized, she helped teach uh, humanity about civilization. Uh, and uh, she was not necessarily confined to the same uh, parameters that women have been confined in the last 6,000 years. Uh, and she was predating that. So, and continued, you know... Um, on and and for the longest 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 time she's the primordial goddess to all the other goddess archetypes that came later so i find that quite fascinating because now we are in a moment in history since the 70s where we had that big reactionary feminist movement and it was more like a child you know having a tantrum you know realizing certain things about becoming self-aware and and the trappings of history and religion and then you know, gaining more consciousness, becoming more free, and now wanting to integrate and work as in, in a partnership society. You know, as women come out of certain restraints, we have to have a sense of responsibility. And I think that there is an incredible inspiration that so long ago, <laughs> this respect and this um, reverence and 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 respect for sexuality as well because she's very much connected to sacred sexuality uh inanna is so that's exactly how it is connected it's like we're not there yet Mm -hmm. that sexuality is sacred but i think it needs to be brought into the conversation well let's do that that. let's do that right now what is sacred sexuality 
Well, you see, um, if I were to ask you, um, what, what is the general concept of sex and the masses, you know, you would say it, it is very casual. It's very, um, uh, there's a lot of objectification, uh, of women and more than I would like to, and a, a downplaying, uh, well, well, you know, when you, when you say, explain that please. Because, uh, you know, I'm, well, I'm sitting here saying, well, geez, that's not how I look at sex. You know, well, the sex to me is very... Oh, well, thank God there's a lot of us that don't. But if you, you look at the young generation, for example, when you see uh, a woman, you know, with a pacifier in the mouth, semi-dressed with their butt up in the air, <laughs> you know, and she's a sex symbol, I, I'm seeing a distortion there. That's a baby, you know. Uh, you don't want sex connected to babies. Um you know, uh, and, and and there's a, like a desecration in general of 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 something that I consider to be um, a, a potentially sex can be anything you want it to be. It can be right uh, a niche that you want to scratch or scratch whatever. But I I see that we need to be in conversations where it can be a pathway to. Uh, illumination. It can be an opening of your mind to different states of reality. It can be a prayer. If you have, if you meet your partners mm -hmm. with a, a certain reverence and a certain respect and a certain, you know, you don't have to have necessarily, uh, um, you know, certain elements that to me are unnecessary to have great, extraordinary, multi-orgasmic sex. And an incredible sense of reverence in the middle of it. I know because I've done it. Well, sure. Who hasn't? You know, I'm, I've been. And you can attain yeah. high levels of 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 understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had out of body experiences uh, during sex, sex and uh, been revealed past lives during sex, which I would imagine is you know potentially my past lives because I saw myself in a different country in a different place. Uh, and other things that could go on and on. So uh, sex is a doorway mm -hmm. to a multiverse. But you have to be in the right frame of mind. And that's what I think has been extricated from our conversations and our awareness. So as we move into the future, I think it would be important to bring that conversation into the table. And maybe that practice will grow. And this is something that happens in some religious circles maybe you talk about tantra and there's so much confusion about tantra there's different levels of tantra there's mental there's tantra that's only you know it's a communion with the divine and there's red tantra that's a communion with the divine through the body and ecstasy of sexuality so i'm not saying i'm an expert in that but i know there's something there that when you connect sexually and you view sex as a doorway to spirit that becomes your pathway it's, well, it becomes well wouldn't it be wouldn't it be safe to say that if two people are in love and their sex is a result of their love that that in effect is a spiritual relationship well but give uh, give the general definition of love i can't give the general definition of love because exactly. love is love is so love is so personal it is so everyone has different meaning of love Exactly. So those different meanings, when you're talking about someone who says, I'm in love with you, and in reality, it's just a physical attraction and a means to get, you know, and a, a way to get a means to get to an end, which is just sexual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. There's level of consciousness that is different. Well, that's not know? that's not love. That's lust. Exactly. That's but that is also been called love many times. Well, sure, it, it, sure it's called love. It's innocence. called love if you want to jump somebody's bones and you would just want to make it a one night stand. You know, it would be nice for you to be honest about it, right? Of course, of course. Listen, <laughs> but not everybody is. Listen, I've got six children. I've got ten grandchildren. My wife and I have been married a long, 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 long time. I love my wife with all my heart, and mm. each and every day, my love for my wife and my children grows. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. You know, You're a so, very lucky man. Well, you know, a lucky man comes from the, from the, from the guidance and the love that he gets from his parents. That too. You know, it's, yeah. it's you that know, influence is important. It certainly is, and in today's society, with everything being so fast and furious, 
the word love has been oversimplified. You know, you want to find love, you go on the computer. You're not looking for love on a computer. You're just looking for a quick date. You know, it sure as hell beats going to the bar and having to buy somebody a drink, I guess. But, you know. Yeah, uh, exactly. And you're, you're, you're going there, you know. It's exactly my point. It's, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to criticize any means of meeting anyone. Everything can happen in the universe of of, uh, you know, uh, possibilities that anything beautiful and sacred and destined can happen in any environment. Ultimately, it's your consciousness while in that environment or for what reason you ended up there. It doesn't matter, but it's how you hold the consciousness uh, that will attract or magnetize your experiences for one reason or another, even if it's for learning and growth. Um, But and in terms of sexuality and Inanna and the message she brings and why she's so important, being that she was so long ago, it's exactly a paradox that's fascinating. How could something that's so dogma-free have existed prior to dogma, then we get dogma, and then now we're moving out of dogma? Because this is how I see reality. Well, it's very, it's very simple. It's not complicated. You know, the world has changed. We've turned into a uh, technological era. People do not need to use their brains. They don't have to be as human as they used to be. In fact, there are many people who would rather dream of the day when they can import their essence into a computer and become, you know, um, living ever after in a, in a cyber world, in cyber reality. That's because they cannot face the day-to-day challenges. People today are quitters. They really just give up way too fast. If it's not easy, they don't want to take part in it. If it's a problem, it's not their fault. They walk away. And you and I have to take our break. We'll be back on the other side as we continue here in the Exxon with our guests this hour, Yelena. And uh, we'll be back. Whatever you do, Exxon Nation, don't go away. our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, Founder, President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation, welcome back, everyone. Kellyanne. Yanni is our special guest. Kelly Yanni is our special guest. She is a spiritually inspired visionary and compassionate midwife to the rebirth of the sacred feminine on the planet. Kelly Yanni, when did the sacred feminine start coming back to this planet and why did she leave? <laughs> um, you know, uh, I wish I had the answers. Um, I do not know the answer to either one. I can tell you how she came to me and when she came to me. Uh, but I, I, I definitely feel there has been a movement towards uh, bringing, in, incorporating uh, in a collective level an awareness of how we have extricated from our MO, uh, a, a modus operandus. Right. Uh, anything of value uh, uh, that was deemed feminine was uh, deemed uh, invaluable, like uh, softness, uh, nurturance. Mm -hmm. Our society is not supportive of, of the feminine and what it brings, which is life. <laughs> we bring the possibility of procreation and continuing humanity. Uh, there is disrespect for that act of birthing. And, and again, like you said, a Western society that is so rushed and everything is geared towards greed mm -hmm. and money and who has this and that. And we don't have time to breathe in and appreciate w what we have around us and give value to what needs to be given value. And I feel as you know as we're evolving now and women are gaining more voice and we're taking we're dismantling a little bit of that stiff uh placement where oh this is a guy's job this is a woman's job women do this men do that i think it's very important for us to continue to, to continue to soften that those walls and invite men into this feminine world and because women have to we had to wear our boots and because we were living in a masculine... Ma and when I say masculine, please don't misinterpret it. I don't mean a man's only world. Mm -hmm. I have met a lot of men that are more feminine than some of my girlfriends. And it's a, it's a quality of nature. And we have, as a society worldwide, enforced our masculine side. And I think men and women alike are relearning relearning to soften we all need to soften and give value to those qualities that we deemed feminine that we walked away from and with that there's different layers there is a society layer there is uh, uh there is an educational layer there is uh, um how do we live uh uh, the different structures, then there's a religious aspect, a spiritual aspect. So this is a ripple effect, of course, everything that we we uh, live by or that we uh, consume becomes part of our life and it ripples. You know, if we eat just one type of food, so they say well, you are what we eat. If you eat too much sugar, you become diabetic or, you know, it's it's we are that which we, we breathe, we believe, we eat. And, and as we become more aware of this integration of, of two sides of who we are, the yin and yang, we're going to become more whole. And I think it's important to give strength and wings to the feminine. And I've been called to do that in many different ways. And uh, because we are now just starting to climb up from this big hole women have been placed in. And still, only 1% of women 
in the world own uh, property. In, in, in most advanced countries, 5%. Okay? So it still shows you we have a lot, to, a lot of space to conquer, to have a little feeling of somewhat of an equality. But do you think it, women are actually up to it? Um, oh, in my universe um, is what I see. Um, but I think it is not, you know, it's definitely an option. It's it's not something that, you know, maybe, maybe um, everyone will immediately walk into. But I definitely feel that in, in a collective level everywhere I look, a, a, a willingness to put in the work to a lot of women want to be educated in, 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 in the rest of the world. They're fighting for it. They're being killed as they try to just become active contributors to society or study. You know, that's simple. Uh, uh, we're still facing that reality in other places. But with, with some civilizations and some philosophies and some religions, do you really think you're going to have a chance to change it? I am not trying to change anything. I mean, I, not, not, you, not you, me not you, not, not just... I'm not just talking about you here, but all the women who want these changes. And, you know, it's funny, for every woman that wants changes, there are two that say, you know what, I like it this way. I like it when a guy opens the door. I like it being treated as a lady. So which way, which side of the coin do you really, do you really look at when we come to the, the movement where women want more of this, they want more of that? I don't think uh, necessarily that moving into that direction mm -hmm. will make uh, women less receptive to love. I think when a man is kind, mm -hmm. is it is he being kind out of an exchange for uh, some service or something? Or if he's just loving, why would he stop opening the door? I mean, we're opening the door because you think I can't open the door. You see, I think loving can continue. And I've always been very loving to my companion mm -hmm. or my husband, even though, you know, I may have been on the other side of the sure. coin. You know, we, we being kind and attentive or soft is not in exchange or we can bring it on. I, to I, I agree, I agree. But you seem to, from what I'm gathering here, is that you seem to be hold a little bit of a grudge towards the male species here. That's, uh, what, that's what I'm getting. Tell me, how did you perceive that? Well, you're bringing sex into it a lot. And, you know, from what I'm gathering is that, you know, most of the men have ulterior motives when they say they love the woman. And I disagree with you. No, I'm not saying even that it's about men. Okay, what I, are you I saying? Say women, women have also been, you know, uh, culprits and right. have been playing around the same distortions that are now oh, okay. present in consciousness. Right. It's just a, a way of living, you know? We've downplayed uh, that part of our, our spirituality. Again, this is about the myth that I that the music is connected to, which is a historical myth. So can we bring that to the table and both men and women start to look at sexuality in a different, uh, with a potential, a new potential. How can something be historical and a myth at the same time? Historical is factual. Myth is a myth. That's another very good question. Because uh, as a matter of fact, Inanna is part of uh, Sumerian history. It is historical. But it's, you know, it is talked about as myth as well. Because nobody was there that far ago. To see, but it's in historical writings, you know. It is in historical books. It's in museums. So um, tell me, what is the what are you trying to do with your music and by spreading this word? I am just expressing what's coming to me with great joy and pleasure, and just bring, like I said, like Stargate Alliance brings things to look at that are different, you know, things that are. 
And what I hope is that people will open their hearts and be more open to perceiving reality in a new way. So or try you, it, so at least. What are your spiritual experiences or your spiritual practices right now? Well, I meditate, I garden, I contemplate, I pray. I don't stick to just one thing. I flow with uh, whatever is, you know, every moment can be a moment of prayer. I can be, you know, like, for example, today, I was responding to emails and um, and I felt like I needed to go and get some sun. I went outside into my garden. I have a beautiful garden that I love to plant flowers at. And I just sat there in the sun and I had like a 10-minute a emptiness moment where I just didn't want to be thinking about anything. And I laid in the sun and, you know, I just mentalized the sun washing my body of whatever dross or anything that wasn't mm -hmm. serving me, like connecting to nature. I, I watered my flowers because I bought some flowers uh, uh, two days ago and they need to be planted. They're going to be planted tomorrow. And I was just watering them after that. And then I took a dive uh, into, I have a little salt pool and I took a dive and then I came back inside and I continued to do work. So it's like, it can be just as simple as that. Just taking a moment out of rushing and feeling that I have to do this and I have to do that. It's turning off my phone. That's a practice. Mm -hmm. It's going to yoga. I went to yoga early this morning as well. Um, so it's anything that honors my body. The food I eat is a practice to make sure that I'm not eating something that doesn't feel good to me um, to eat, you know, and that I think I've educated myself towards not uh, uh, learning that it's not good for me, so gotcha. and it's not good for the planet as well. All right, so stand by. Dear. We've got to take it. We've got to take. We have to take so our good. final break. Please stand by. Exxon Nation. Kalyana is our special guest. www.kalyana.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, send me an email. Exxon at exxonradiotv.com. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, 
and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Explanation, Kellyanna is our special guest. Kellyanna.com is her website. And Kellyanna, why do you think that myth is so important in today's society? Um, I believe that myth has shaped who we are. Myths are things that sometimes um, we just choose to believe in. Mm -hmm. And I think if they're real or not, it's irrelevant. It's how we get inspired by them and how uh, we um, integrate them into our lives, collectively and individually, that has a potential to create new horizons. It's really about retelling stories that are more inclusive. It's about finding sources of inspiration that are um, gonna bring uh, better results than what we got with what we had. And, and the myths we believed um, before. So that's why exploring myth to me um, is is beautiful. Um, and I, I, I'm looking for the myths that bring uh, uh, hope for new possibility, for integration, for equality, uh, for a heart opening, for uh, being better humanity in general. But it, is, Taking isn't, care of isn't, our planet. Isn't that up uh, to the individuals and not up to any myth to make that happen? Don't you think that we're capable of doing that on our own? What is the individual but nurture in nature? It's what you read in the papers. That oh, well. It's what, what church you go to. It's what artist you like. It's what music you sing. You can't just separate yourself from your environment completely. And here I am just doing what I love. Just like I'm I do. Just like I, I do. do. Just like I do. I, lo I do what I love. Exactly. But it has nothing to do with spirituality. It has nothing to do with myth. It has nothing to do with anything except what I want to do, what I want to create, how I want to make a better world. I don't need spirits or myth mythological uh, deities or creatures in order to help make me want to make this a better world. No, you don't. I'm Our, not saying you do. I'm just doing what I love. But why would you need a myth to do that? Why can't Kalyana do that for Kalyana? Kalyana is doing that for Kalyana. But why? She's thinking about the things she loves. We're moved by love and inspired by love. And I love storytelling. I, I love see. stories. I love you know, digging into beautiful things to inspire us. It's about inspiration. How does a myth inspire you? Um, I guess when it bring, brings me something I never thought about and it makes me happy, mm -hmm. I hear it. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is incredible. I never heard that before. Let me look into this a little longer. Oh, wow. So I'd you, love to share that story with people. So would you and consider yourself to be a... I'm loving it. Would you, would you and consider, I create art with would, it. Would you consider yourself to be a modern-day philosopher? I guess you could say that. I say I'm spiritually inspired visionary. You know, that's another way. I, I find myself to be a stumbling mystic. I love writing about different types of philosophy. If you want to uh, put me on a little bit of a pigeonhole, it will be multiple pigeonholes. You could say I am a, a neo-pagan Buddhist Taoist uh, 
you name it, uh, you know, uh, kind of a philosopher and a swim between the best of everything. And I don't think there's um, any philosophy or religion, the religion that's entirely bad or entirely good. And I swim between all the shades of gray, and I only find that which really represents uh, my my highest truth inside myself. When I take everything out of me mm -hmm. that was given to me just because of my placement, either in, in geographically or culturally, and I look, who am I really? What do I really believe in? And then I can find those truths in other pieces of truths everywhere and make my own world about what I believe in. And I believe in loving harmony between all people and taking care of the planet and making this planet thrive. It's It seems to be dying right now to me. So, so who would be interested in your music and why would they be interested in your music? I can't answer that question. But you're I think an artist. Whoever's interested in my music buys it and listens to my videos and downloads it. But I can't tell you who is interested. But you see, there's two million views on my first video, and now this one was just released and it's growing. And it seems there is a place that um, people are relating to this, even as art. I can't be inside everyone's heads, but you know, or hearts, but uh, it seems to have a place and that's why it is successful. Interesting. So what keeps you grounded and focused then? It seems that you are always on the move, that you're here, you're there, you're doing this and that. So how do you keep grounded? How do you focus? Well, I have four children. I'm mm -hmm. actually extremely grounded. Most people who know me find me very grounded. And I think the reason why I'm grounded is because I've had four children. I probably would be maybe not even here anymore <laughs> if I didn't have uh, this parameters and this inspiration to be here for my children and help them. Uh, and I'm like literally grounded in one physical place, not being able to travel much for uh, quite a few years because of uh, raising them. It's quite a responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a very much a hands-on mom um, all my life. So and, uh, why, why did you change from being a psychologist to being a, a new age philosopher? I never changed. I'm both. Do you still practice psychology? Yes. I have a counseling, a, a counseling group mm -hmm. of women, and, and I do also community gatherings, celebrating different cosmologies. And men and women come and celebrate life and nature and just uh, be in their hearts and present with each other in ways that we can't be when we're busy in the world. Um, yeah. And I do private sessions as well. And the music is just an aspect of me as well. It's not, it's just, like I said, I have many hats. I wear them all. You don't have to. It, that's why I don't like labels. Some people want to call me a producer or a singer, and I don't take it. I say I'm a spiritually inspired visionary. I create documentaries. I create music if I'm inspired to. And I continue my practice uh, with uh, counseling. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, yeah, I, I just, we've just run out of time. I want to thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, Kellyanna is her name. And I just don't understand what the hell she's about. I really don't understand what she is about. I think she's a little bit out there. Actually, no, I think she's a lot out there. <sighs> Uh, why does she do things? I don't know. It's like... But I still say that there's something negative in there when she talks about men, when she talks about sex. You know, sounds like the good old doctor may have a few hidden issues there, but... Let me see what else it says here. Brazilian-born Kellyanne is a spiritually inspired visionary and a compassionate midwife to the rebirth of the sacred feminine of the planet. Jeez, I didn't know that. I didn't read those headlines anywhere that there was a rebirth of the sacred feminine on this planet. I certainly didn't see it on CNN or Fox and Friends. 
Uh, from a very young age, she was deeply attracted to more mystic aspects of existence and was curious about the nature of God and the archetype of the spirit. Kelly Annie has a BA in psychology from UCLA and an MA in spiritual psychology from the University of Mo- Santa Monica. Before Kalyani was called into singing, she divided her time between her work in her conscious media company. Oh, there's a good segue. Stargate Alliance, her soul coach practice, and her motherhood as a soul coach. She facilitates women's spiritual empowerment and still holds healing circles and sacred ceremonies within her rising Phoenix sisterhood. Mm-hmm, the sisterhood. Now, doesn't that sound sexist? With uh, Stargate Alliance, she has assisted in co-creating a peace platform called PeaceLink, the documentary Secrets of Love, and the recently released feature indie film. Hmm. Can't get it in Hollywood, so we'll do an indie film. A Winter Rose, which showed her first single, Namu's Invocation, in soundtrack. The music video for Namu's Invocation... It sounds like a whale, right? Namu? No, that's Shamu, I'm sorry. Uh, Nemu's invocation has been viewed by over 2 million people. I wonder how many were self-clicks. Kellyanne has also written many articles on the sacred feminine and has co-authored an anthology book released in 2015 called The Power of Being a Woman. I'm telling you, gang, there's, I see a pattern here. Unhappy woman doesn't like men. She currently is, she cur- she's currently involved in the production of Oceana, a new documentary bringing a voice of hope to saving our ocean's coral reefs. And by the way, coral reefs do not sing. I know, I've been swimming in them for years, which will also feature her music. Ah, self-promoter on top of that. Kalyani is currently releasing her second single and music video. Do they release singles now? Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, Tears for Inanna. Tears for Inanna. To find out more, visit her website, blah, 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 blah. More new age jumbo mumbo jumbo mumbo here on the Exxon. Well, they come in all sizes, all packages, all names. You be the judge. I don't buy it. There's problems in that there hills. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? 
Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.